Hey, everybody. I'm Jen Garrett, internationally recognized branding consultant and best-selling author of the books, Move the Ball and Dominate the Game. By having a relentless mentality, I've pushed boundaries and gotten into rooms with pro athletes and power players, built a successful business, and moved the ball in male-dominated industries. Now, I'm using my same of the ball methodology to help thousands of people dominate their game when it comes to their brands and creating opportunities. This podcast is all about uncovering strategies of the world's best athletes and business leaders to help you get to that next level. Join me in conversations that will elevate your hustle and get you across the goal line. It's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Thanks for joining us today. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you've been a part of the Move the Ball movement for quite some time, welcome back. On this podcast, we talk about business, branding, sports, and of course, we're giving you insights and advice on how to move the ball and make things happen. This episode is part of my special Path to the Draft series, where I'm having conversations with NFL draft prospects on their path to the draft. Now, if you haven't yet followed the podcast, make sure that you do so so that you never miss an episode as part of this series, as well as the regular show. I've got a great lineup of guests for this season. Today's episode, Inside the Huddle with Us and Ready to Share His Story and Talk About His Path to the Draft is Kayvon Merriweather. Kayvon, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm definitely happy to be here. Well, I'm glad that you are here. I saw you at the end of last month when we were in Indy for the NFL Combine. And I just have to say that you are always one of those guys that has so much energy. Where does all of that come from? It's just me, man. I mean, I think I've always been somebody who's just always has energy, always a people person, always going to know someone. And even if it's somebody who I don't know, we're our first time meeting, you know, you'll realize like I'm just a real down to earth, cool guy. And I think that that's really where that energy comes from. Just me being me and always wanted to be me and just never changing up who I am. So that's pretty much where that, where that energy comes from 100% for sure. Well, I like that because I think it's important, like the energy that you bring into any space will either bring up the crowd's energy or it's going to take away from it, whether it's a small crowd, it's in a stadium, whatever, right? So just having that energy is a great thing to have. And so, you know, I'm from Chicago and I recently saw one of your Iowa teammates, Jamari Harris, and he mentioned to me how you are full of charisma, which I already knew. And he also said that you knew how to handle yourself well in front of the camera and with media. And in fact, you were recognized by Iowa media with the Duke Slater Golden Gavel Award, which is presented to the Iowa football player who not only is the most cooperative with local media, which is important, but also exhibits themselves with professional integrity in all their interactions. So I have very high expectations for you on our show. No pressure. (laughs) No, no pressure. No pressure. No pressure. And so I'm just going to give a quick shout out to Jamari because he did speak very highly of you. So just know that your teammate has your back. We're going to talk more about the combine here shortly. But before we do that, I just want to share a little bit more about your bio for those listening. Kayvon is a defensive back who played college football at Iowa. During this past year, Kayvon saw action in 12 games, playing 806 snaps, had 42 tackles, 36 of which were solo, had one forced fumble, four pass breakups, and three interceptions. Kayvon was also named first team All-America by Pro Football Focus and second team All-America by Sporting News and the Associated Press. And I also mentioned already seeing Kayvon at the Combine, but 
Havon was one of 319 players to be invited to participate in the 2023 NFL Combine. So that's definitely an honor and that's a testament to how elite of a player he is. And we'll discuss this and more on today's show. All right, Kayvon, you ready to move the ball? Definitely ready to move the ball. All right, so let's start with the Combine. So the Combine is a week that is full of different activities from media interviews to medical to team interviews to on the field drills, running the 40, bench press, all that stuff. It's a very busy week. A lot of people don't see how much work goes into that weekend and also the preparation leading up to that. Now, you train with Yo Murphy during your NFL Combine training, and Yo is a great person. I always give him a shout out because I think he and the team do a great job. And Christina as well, who was a part of our selfies. So shout out to her. What were some of the things that you were really focused on improving upon so that you could show out and have a great combine? I really didn't play too much football in high school. So like a lot of these guys, they've done some of those drills that they did in combine in high school, starting from like eighth grade, ninth grade year. So like a lot of the things that they had that we had to do at the combine, a lot of people were used to, but I kind of wanted to improve in all aspects of everything because some of those drills that I did there, I've never done, especially some of the agility drills and, and the 40 and just getting my 40 stands right. A lot of that stuff I, I've never had to do. I've never been asked to do. So my whole focus going into training was to just get as good as I can in every aspect of what I have to do at the combine and at my pro day. So that's kind of where my mentality was kind of going in with the process. And when you go into the combine, it is a lot. There's a lot going on that week. Was there anything surprising to you? It really wasn't that surprising because I think I had the opportunity to go to the Senior Bowl this past year. And I think that's where I was kind of surprised that a week goes talking to teams and going to this meeting and going to that meeting and doing this and doing that on top of practicing and, and those things. That's what a lot of people were saying. A lot of the guys that I was talking to and a lot of people who have been to the Senior Bowl who have also went to the combine. They were kind of like, that's a good warm up for what you're going to have to do once you get to the combine. So I was thankful that I had the opportunity to actually do that earlier in the year. And so the combine was honestly, I was kind of mentally prepared for what I had to do at the combine, whether that's going to medicals and then going for medicals and then going to a different medical place and then having to talk to teams and have to go into this and having to go into that. So I was pretty mentally prepared for more prepared than I would have been if I didn't go to the senior bowl. So I was definitely 100% ready for it. Just mentally staying locked in, just having a smile on your face, just not getting tired of what's going on around you and everything like that. So the week was definitely long. A lot of people just see what we do on Friday or like on Saturday or the day that you go. But for the 319 people that actually partake in it, it's a long and tasking week for sure. Absolutely. And when you look back on the Combine experience, what are the biggest takeaways that you've taken from it or memories that you've gotten from participating in it? Man, memories, I think just being in that space, being in the athletic realm of all of those great athletes who have played in college. I think, you know, a lot of us, we watch each other play on TV, but we haven't actually met one another in person. So just the opportunity to, to meet other great players in the country and then just to come together and you know, you're going through drills and you know that all eyes on you. is just my, my first 40 rep, you know, I was a little bit nervous, but after that, I kind of settled in. But I think just being on that stage and that being something that I've always wanted to get to since I got to college. And actually being there is something that I just had to take in. And then also just being in the same space of all those great players and myself recognizing like, man, I wouldn't be here if I wasn't one of the best players in the country as well. It was definitely just something I had to continuously just grasp and just get a hold of the entire week. And you play safety. When you look at this position, what skills do you think are necessary to play this position well, to be elite at it, and that you need to do to be able to succeed in the NFL? 
I think you need to be an all-around player. You got to be somebody who's great at communicating. I know in a lot of systems that the safeties are the ones who are giving the calls, giving the checks, making sure that everybody's on the same accord when it comes to the coverages. And I think that's something that safety has to be really good at, just having that communication aspect, having to trust your teammates that you're saying they're doing the right thing. And you also have to be an all-around player. You got to be able to cover. You got to be able to tackle. A lot of times in the situation, safety, is that's kind of like the last line of defense. So you got to be sound in your technique and what you're doing. So I think safety, we're not really the cover guys or the lockdown guys that some safeties are, but we aren't the guys on the outside guarding the number one receiver, but we're the guys in the back end who are kind of like the leaders of the defensive back group. You got to just have that leadership capability and that communication with one another and then just have that trust with your teammates that you're going to do what you need to do on your end, but communicate to them that, you know, what the coverage is and, and having that trust from them. Let's run things back. So you're from Michigan. You went to two high schools, Romulus High School and then Belleville High School your senior year. How was that like transitioning from one high school to another? You've got a different culture, different style, different coaching, different teammates. How was that transition for you? Oh, man, it was it was definitely interesting. Going from, from Romulus and Romulus being a place where I kind of grew up with everybody, starting from elementary school to middle school, playing with all those guys and you know, just being comfortable being there to transfer into a whole different school, a whole different area. Luckily, I knew some of the guys at Belleville. I kind of played sports with them growing up as well. So it was definitely a little bit of transition phase. But I think those guys did an incredible job introducing me to people. And then you know, me being me, it wasn't really too hard to kind of get to know more people and talk to more people. And then once people got to know me, I definitely felt a lot more comfortable being at Belleville. But going from Romulus, I was mainly a basketball player. So really, my whole focus was basketball. And then when I turned to the Belleville, I wasn't going to play football, but the football coach kind of got wind that I was transferring. He kind of told me that I need to come on out and, and try out for the football team, and I eventually did. But the coaching styles, they weren't too much different from me playing basketball at Rhymeless to me playing football at Bell. But I think both coaches, they pushed me to get everything they wanted out of me and, and just wanted the best for me as well. And I think that's something that I appreciated from Coach Crowell at Belleville. He only knew me for one year, but he brought me in. Like he knew me my entire life. And once for him, I wouldn't be in the position that I am now. And he put full faith in me that no matter where he sent me, that I was going to, the same attitude that I gave him when I first got to Belleville, I was going to do the same thing wherever I went to college. So, and I'm also still thankful for my coach at Ramos as well, because he kind of laid the groundwork for me with my confidence in just playing sports and, and everything like that. Coach Jared, I kind of thank him for everything because he put me in a lot of positions that, you know, I wouldn't really be in if it wasn't for him. So, I definitely got to thank him as well. And then also my, my basketball coach at, at Belleville, Coach Trump, got to thank him as well for just allowing me to come in for a year and, and also being a leader on that basketball team with me just being there for, for one year. I think we had a great team and he brought me in, treated me as if I was with him for four years as well. So it definitely wasn't really that hard of a transition for me, but it was definitely a, a shift in different areas, especially because Ramos and Belleville are rivals. So that was a very interesting piece to that as well. But it was definitely a, a smooth transition for me. It wasn't really too hard, but it was definitely some differences, but not 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 nothing major. And why did you choose Iowa? My high school coach, Coach Crowell, I think he felt that Iowa was kind of like the best place for me. I think Iowa does a great job. At the time, I didn't know this, but Iowa, I think, was one of the best in bringing in players who a lot of other schools would not look at coming into college. Those one-star guys, two-star guys, three-star guys who, you know, some some of those high-major programs would be like, ah, you know, I really don't think you got it. But Iowa, they kind of take a deeper look into guys like that, guys who have heart, guys who are great fits into the program, and they turn those guys into potential NFL superstars or potential NFL prospects. I wouldn't even say superstars, but just NFL prospects in general. And I think Iowa does the best in the country with that. 
guys who you don't even know the names of, but they're playing on Sundays. So um, just having the opportunity to, to come here and become one of those guys who I saw on the wall, who hearing their stories about how they discovered him before he went to Ball State or how they got him before he went to Ohio or this guy didn't even really play football. You know, just hearing those stories and then hearing where they were able to go from being in the program, I think that was just something that I couldn't turn down, especially when I walked into Coach Parker's office and saw all the guys who kind of listened to him and who he was able to put into the NFL and kind of change their lives and change their family's lives. That was something that I personally couldn't turn down, and it, I knew that was probably the, the best place for me to develop me as a player. And I want to talk about college football for a minute, but before I go there, during my path to the draft series, we spend a lot of time talking about college football careers with my guests, but there's some other really important things that stand out about you that I want to highlight first. And so, you know, football is important, but to be successful, it's more than just football, because as you know, football will at some point come to an end and there's a whole lot of life after hanging up those cleats. And so for you, you earned honor roll recognition every semester for four years, had a certificate of academic achievement for maintaining a 3.0 GPA. You were one of 12 seniors named to the 2022 player council, one of 10 juniors named to the 2021 player council, Those are all things that make you stand out. It's not just about football, but it's about the other attributes about who Kayvon is that makes him a great leader, a great person, as well as a great football player. So when you look at your time playing college football, what did you learn about yourself or what have you learned about yourself? I think the one thing that I think I learned about myself is how resilient I am. To play the game of football, especially to go through college and not really, a lot of people may think is football players just playing football. We're also student athletes. I think just the resiliency that that I've had to have throughout my entire career here is something that kind of surprised me, especially with injuries and setbacks that you have playing this game. You have to be a resilient person to, to finish all the way through. So I think that's one thing that definitely surprised me about myself is just, you know, how I can also push back when things get bad or when things are going bad. I mentioned that you were on the player council, both as a senior and a junior that's certainly an accomplishment to be named to player counts or to be a part of it. And so what does all that entail? Really just being a leader for the team. Someone that if a younger teammate or somebody who's not really comfortable going to coaches, we're somebody that they can confide in. And, and whenever they have an issue, we can bring it up to the coach's attention. Somebody who talks about any issues or something that we see is going wrong in the program or something that we need to bring up, we can have a meeting to talk about it as a, as a group and just get things settled. I think that having that respect for my coaches to even be a part of that and someone who they saw as being a leader and someone who can talk about things like that or, or some of my teammates who also felt as though I was somebody who they were comfortable with coming to issues or coming with problems. I think it's just a, a respect to my character and who I am as a person. Absolutely. So let's talk about college football for a second now. So you were one of 12 true freshmen that got to see action in 2018. You played in nine games. What was it like being one of the fewer freshmen to be able to get in the action? It was definitely surprising. I, I Coming into college, I didn't even think, I thought I was going to rest there. But as we got through camp, I started realizing I'm a little bit better at this football than I thought I originally was. It was great. As a freshman, you really don't know what's going to happen throughout the year. But I kind of just, you know, every game that I was able to go into, I was just out there just doing another toll, you know, just kind of learning from the older guys throughout the year and just kept learning more and more and more. You know, I just had the opportunity to go out onto the field and do what was active. And so it was definitely fun my freshman year because I didn't really have as much responsibility as the guys who were playing a lot of snaps and, you know, playing a lot of special teams. You know, I was on doing this and doing that every now and then throughout the game. But I think I had so much fun with it because at the time I was just out there 
really not knowing much. I was just out there just having fun. So it was definitely a, a great time my first year being able to play in those nine games. So let's fast forward throughout your career, 2020, 2021, 2022, played in more games. You were a permanent team captain. What were the things that you were doing to ensure that you were improving and stepping up your game and really being able to move the ball and dominate and get named to be a captain, to be playing so much, you know, get more time, get more snaps? What were you doing? Me personally, I think the best way to play is it's a quote that we talk about in our program. And it's basically saying that the hay is never in a barn. So whenever you think the job is done or whenever you think you've, you've reached your peak, there's always more to be done. I think that's kind of mentality that I always kind of kept within me throughout my years here. And I think that's something that can be seen in my play from 2020 to 2021 to 2022 is even when I found a way to get better than that, I also found another way to push past that limit and get a little bit more better. So I think that's something that I've always told myself is even when I thought I made a good play, how do I make it better? When I made a good tackle, I stopped him for three yards. How do I make that tackle earlier than that? How do I make a, a two-yard tackle or, or a two-yard gain or a one-yard gain? I think that's just the mentality that I've had. I think that's something that Coach Parker in our DV room, I think that's the mentality that he kind of keeps in his DV room. Even if we make a good PBU, his next thing is, all right, how do we go from making a PBU to making that PBU into an interception? Now, you got an interception and you fell on the ground when you got an interception. All right, how do we turn that interception to a pick six? So there's always ways to get better. If you just look at your game and you just find little things to get better, how do you read this faster? How do I break down to this faster? How will I see this play happen a little bit faster? How do I watch film a little bit better? I think that's just the mentality that I went into my entire career from when I was really playing meaningful snaps. I think that that show from 2020 all the way to this past year, I went from having no accolades under my belt to being an All-American. So that's just the mentality that always stuck with me and always been in the back of my brain whenever I went into each game and each year. Well, I like that great answer. And I like that you mentioned the hay is never in the barn. And I was chuckling as you said that because Jamari said that to me the other day, too. And I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And he's like, like, it's an Iowa thing. And then he told me the work is never done. And that's the thing. I mean, the people that are really focused on being elite at what they do, the work is never done. And it's about that continual improvement. My listeners know that I recently released my second book. I think we mentioned it too when I saw you. And in there, there's a chapter about the 1%. And it's about the 1% people that are have that mentality and that are in that 1% are always focused on how do I get better? They don't get complacent. The work is never done. And it's really about continuing to push every single day. So as you look at your time playing at Iowa, what is your most memorable moment or memorable game? My most memorable game would have to be the Penn State game in 2021. Either they were ranked three and we were ranked four, or we were ranked three and they were ranked four. But it was a top five matchup. I think it was early into the season. I think it was maybe sixth game of the year. We were both undefeated. And it was a crazy game. I think we got down early. I think it was like 17 to three. And in the second half, we just kept fighting. We kept fighting back and we came back and won the game in like the last maybe um, maybe like three minutes, four, four or five minutes of the game in the state. That was like the loudest game I think I've ever been in. Crazy environment. Our defense was playing lights out. And that was just a beautiful game. Just the ups and downs that went in that game. And we just didn't stop fighting. We just kept fighting. Back. We just kept inching back. That was a great game. I, even I still go back and watch that game from beginning to end because it was just such an amazing game. That's a memory that I will always keep in the back of my head. 
Yeah. And I remember watching that game. Definitely an exciting one to watch. That's the other thing about football. Like that's one of the reasons I fell in love with the game when I was four. It's not about how you start. It's about how you finish and playing that full 60. Right. And I mean, that's another thing that I write about in my first book, Move the Ball. You always have to play the full 60, the full game clock. What that means beyond football. I mean, in the game, you got to play the whole game until the game clock hits zero. But also within our own lives, every single day, You have to play that full day so that you can win the day. But it's about not just checking out at noon or five o'clock or whatever. It's about still doing the things that you need to do every day so that you can move the ball and make progress and get to where you want to go. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get into my two minute drill. We'll be right back. Hey, have you moved the ball in your own life today? If you're working toward your dream job, a new personal record, or a bigger salary, you need a plan to consistently make progress. That's why I wrote Move the Ball and Dominate the Game. These books are packed with strategy and easy to implement tips on gaining clarity of your goals, developing your own personalized playbook for success, pushing your boundaries of comfortability, and really elevating and dominating. Go to www.dominateandmove.com and enter code DOMINATE2023 for a 20% discount on the bundle. And all books are signed copies as well. Now, let's get back to the show. All right, Kayvon, we are back. And I'm excited to take you through my two-minute drill and ask you some fun questions. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. All right. First question is, outside of football, what do you like to do? Play games with my teammates, actually. Okay. What three words would you use to describe yourself? Fun, outgoing, charismatic. Next question is, what is one thing most people don't know about you? I can play the saxophone. Oh, very nice. What is the best piece of advice that you have been given by a mentor or a coach? What God has planned for you is for you and no man can take it away. That's something that my mom has always told me. I like that. I'm going to flip it now and ask, what is the best advice you would give to someone else? Never stop going. Never quit. You never know what's at the end of that tunnel. You can't stop halfway because things get hard. You got to always keep pushing, keep going. You never know what that end result may be. Would you rather be the world champion of your sport or the CEO of a billion-dollar company, and why? Like, I'm the CEO? Yes. No, I got to take the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'd rather be a world champ. I'd rather be a Super Bowl champ. You have 24 hours and a private plane that will take you anywhere. Where are you going? Somewhere, like, tropical. Like, what, Turks and Caicos? Turks and Caicos. We don't say that. Last question. The bonus question is, do you sing in the shower? Of course. I can see that. Yes. (laughs) So as we look to close the show, where can people follow you? Let people know where you're at on social media. You can follow me on Instagram at kweather26. Follow me on Twitter at kvon02, K-A-E-V-O-N-02. Yeah, that's about it. All right, perfect. And we will have those links in the show notes so people can follow you on your journey. Kvon, thanks so much for being on the show today. No, thank you for having me. And I wish you much success in the draft. And thanks again to everyone for listening. If you liked today's episode, please share it with a few friends. It's one way that you can help me to move the ball. Also, if you haven't already done so, make sure you follow the podcast so that you never miss a future episode. All right. Thanks again for listening. And we will talk to you next time. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up, and you move the ball. Thanks for listening to Move the Ball, everybody. If you were inspired by this episode, can you do me a favor and let me know? Go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. And also, share the show with a few friends too. Next, I want you to go to getinsidethehuddle.com 
and join our email list. This will give you priority access to tips and strategies that will help you get more done today. Not tomorrow, not next week, today. You got that? Okay, until next time.